week of December the 2nd, 2019, and according to Statistics Canada, the average Canadian owes $1.78 for every dollar earned. Credit cards, car loans, quick loans, lines of credit, and every other enticing form of buy now, pay later credit card product is readily available for those who need it, desire it, or for those that simply crave it. I think we can all agree it's devilishly easy to accumulate non-collateral credit products like credit cards, car loans, and so on. But in this episode, we're going to explore what happens when you're up to your neck with credit or credit that is maxed out, also known as debt. What are your options? Who can help you? Is there a way out? Stay tuned as I talk with Michael Goldenberg, president of Debt Care Canada, a company that specializes in debt management and consolidation in times of distress. Welcome to episode 24 of Mark Genomics. I'm your host, Marco Gello. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for all the calls and emails from the last episode on uh, remediated grow ops. That proved to be timely and very popular topic. Yeah, we got a lot of feedback from that. So uh, thank you. And I encourage you all to continue reaching out directly to me and, and any of the guests that have contributed in various episodes to discuss any of the topics in in greater detail. Um, Today, we're going to change it up and and bring a new voice to the podcast. Michael Goldenberg of Debt Care Canada is going to join us. And as I pointed out in my intro, the headlines regarding the alarming debt levels of Canadians continue to make headlines. And what is not often discussed is the solutions to remedy the problem and I'm talking about scenarios from Canadians from all walks of life, whether you're single, married, uh, student, pensioner, baby boomer, millennial, whatever, whatever group or generation you may be classified as, people are stumbling upon some hard times these days, particularly financial hardship. Now, I make a career out of talking and listening to people who want to or need to qualify for a mortgage. So people who want to own a home or people who want to access equity from their home. And through my 15 years in this business, I've had the pleasure of listening to many people's life stories as it pertains to their personal finance. And I say life stories because it's not all about the numbers when you're applying for a mortgage. You may not be aware or maybe haven't realized, but Oftentimes, a mortgage broker will ask you some very personal questions about a particular credit card that has perhaps had a few too many late ratings in the past year. For example, a lender will see from your credit report that you have been two or three payments behind on a particular credit card in the past 12 months. So, you know, in those circumstances, expect to be asked why. And if your answer is, I don't know, or whatever, I was late, but... I made things right again. I'm good now. Or, you know, I I was on vacation and I forgot. 
or anything along the lines of, of that sort of careless neglect, um, you can, for the most part, expect some type of pushback from the lender. Uh, that could lead to an eventual declined application. But sometimes there are legitimate reasons for hardship. Uh, maybe you've been laid off or you're in the middle of a divorce or a death in the family. Whatever the reason might be, even though it may be classified as legitimate, it may still or likely almost certainly prove to be an uphill battle um, to, to become approved, to qualify. So I've been meaning to have Michael Goldenberg on the podcast for quite some time to discuss some real-life financial crisis situations and, uh, more importantly, methods to help people get out of these situations and reset themselves uh, on a fresh new path. So have a listen, and if you know someone who is in a tough spot right now and who might be struggling financially, share this episode with them. Um, it might provide some answers or, or guidance for them. Here's my talk with Michael Goldenberg of Debt Care Canada. I hope you enjoy. Okay, Michael, it is good to have you on the podcast. Uh, first time guest. And uh, but longtime business partner, we've been doing quite a bit of work together. And for many of our listeners out there, um, this is a I wouldn't say typical, but fairly typical, maybe standard working relationship uh, where we have a mortgage broker like myself, and we have Michael Goldenberg uh, with his organization, which we're going to talk about today. And um, where I'm kind of want to stem from, Michael, is uh, uh, from your most recent blog on uh, credit counseling. And uh, maybe before we get right into the, the meat and potatoes of our talk, why don't we first, uh, or if you could first describe the profile of the typical or average Canadian that seeks credit counseling uh, or some type of third party assistance. Why don't we start there? Perfect, Marco. Yeah, and thank you. Looking forward to this opportunity to uh, provide your listeners some insight on some different uh, you know, debt management solutions that are available to Canadians. Um, not everybody's aware, but the debt levels in Canada are higher than they've ever been in the history of the country. And uh, many families are carrying substantial amounts of unsecured debt. And a lot of times, listeners or, or the public in general have a hard time understanding the difference between good debt and bad debt. And uh, so I'll take a second just to clarify that um, Good debt would be things like a mortgage where you're building equity in a property or even potentially a car loan or car financing where you're creating some equity in an asset, even though a vehicle is a depreciating asset and a, and a, a home is an, an appreciating asset. Whereas bad debt are things like credit cards, lines of credit, um, payday loans or department store cards, bank overdrafts. Um, you know, um, any type of small predator loans, anything like that would be considered high interest and, and bad debt. And, and of course, a lot of the times that's not unusual. We live in a, in a society now where people want instant gratification. So uh, it's a lot different than it was in, you know, my grandparents' generation in the 50s and, and, and 60s when you wanted a TV, you 
you basically just saved up and you bought a black and white TV and you had one in your house. And, and before they, they had a TV, they'd all go to the neighbor's house that had one. They'd all get together and watch Johnny Carson together. You know, nowadays it's not enough to have one TV. You, people have multiple TVs through, TVs through their home. And, you know, when you go to Best Buy or somewhere like that, often you find these greeters at the front door trying to approve you for a $2,000 line of credit that you weren't even looking for because they want you to spend. And, you know, I've seen it so many times. You know, someone comes in to buy a $20 cable for their TV. They get approved for a $2,000 uh, instant line of credit at Best Buy, and they walk out with a new flat screen TV and surround sound and they're so happy they're calling all their buddies saying you got to come to the new man cave tonight to watch the game because um, in their mind it's like someone just handed them a free two thousand dollars yeah no kidding so i i from that i i imagine that maybe the the segment that we're focusing on would be the bad debt segment veers into this path Yes, of course. And people um, often get into situations, whether it's job loss or, um, you know, a maternity leave or some sort of situation where there's a shortfall in their income. They tend to rely on credit cards or other items to carry that deficiency in their budget. And before they know it, a year or two goes by and they start looking at their minimum balances never going down. And they think, oh, my God, how did I end up with 15, 20, 30, 50 thousand dollars worth of credit card debts? And it's usually creeps up on people. But yeah, that's what we're going to sort of address today is um, different programs that are available for people to manage that debt and how to make an informed decision. So you nailed it on the head there. You know, you used this, an example, 15 to 20,000 creeps up on you. And uh, being a mortgage broker myself, I see this all the time when we pull people's credit and we hear about it in the news constantly. Uh, I forgot the number, like Canadians are 130% leveraged or whatever that statistic is. But at what point does a person decide to get help? Like, I mean, if, if they have a mortgage, I often get the call and we do what's called the debt consolidation and we refinance your home and see you later. We move on. We press the big reset switch. But at what point, if you don't own a home, what can you do? At what point do you seek assistance? Yeah, you know, that's a, that's an excellent uh, question. And, you know, my line of work really isn't that much different than yours. People in general tend to, uh, you know, I call it sort of ostrich syndrome. They keep their head buried in the sand. They know it's an unpleasant uh, path to go look into it. And most people only do something about it when, uh, you know, sort of the, they've slid into the wall or, you know, uh, most times they're calling me when they've crashed into the wall. The odd time they're calling when they're skidding into the wall. It's very rare that somebody reaches out when they sort of have this feeling like, I think this is slipping away on me. Because at that point in time, they're sort of managing their payments or they think they've got it under control. We're getting calls from people when their wages are being garnished, they've fallen into collections, they've got a freeze on their bank account or something that's really become a, a sore spot, a pain for them. And it's motivating them now, sort of forcing them to take action and figure out what type of options are available. So like a lot of things, I mean, it, people find it hard to be proactive and uh, often procrastinate and leave things to the end and get to the point where, you know, we have to be reactive. Uh, yeah, and it's so true. And I always tell when I'm, when I'm doing presentations, I always make reference to people that when you have a toothache, people never hesitate to 
take a, ha a half a day off of work and go see the dentist so they can get their tooth looked at. But when they've been drowning in debt, they'll go a year or two or three and not do anything about it because I think they're embarrassed or they don't want to hear that they have to change their behaviors. So again, it's, it's very, um, it's, a, it's an awkward thing to go through and people struggle with it. And, you know, it, it's a problem and people tend to react when it's too late. And I mean, I, where, where I, well, particularly got my attention this time around is uh, on your website, debtcare.ca. Uh, Michael does a, a ton of blogs, and, and the most recent one is, is what I wanted to talk about today, Credit Counseling Canada, uh, how it works and who qualifies, but particularly uh, when we branch out from Credit Counseling Canada, as, as Michael will quickly explain here, um, let's talk more about the consumer proposals as well and, um, and how that works for people and how it can help people. Yeah, absolutely. So just to give people a lot of the times um, when people have debt, they really don't know what's available to them. And again, you know, I will use the analogy of if you're drowning and you can't swim, any the first lifeguard that comes along and throws you a line, you're going to reach out and, and grab it. Whether or not that's the right help for you is is in is in question. But when you're drowning and someone can help, you're quick to react. So credit counseling is a is a program that works for some people in some specific situations. Uh, it, it basically is a, a not-for-profit organization that has um, a relationship with your creditor. So using round numbers, if you were struggling with $10,000 worth of debt and you couldn't pay five different credit cards that were $2,000 each because it's too many payments or you, you can't handle it or pay it down, the credit counseling agency has uh, prearranged um, sort of payment arrangements with these credit card companies where they'll combine it all into one payment stop the interest, give you a four or five year plan to pay it back in full. And then the credit counseling company basically charges an admin fee on top of you paying back in full and they get a percentage of what they collect for the credit card companies. So, you know, again, in certain cases it will work, um, but to give you a round number, you know, if someone owed $10,000 of debt, there would be, let's say, a 10% fee, so you'd be paying back 11000 over four or five years. It would have a negative effect on your credit, and the not-for-profit credit counseling agency would receive a kickback or a percentage of what they collected from the credit card companies. So it, it's a program, and in certain situations, works for the client. Yeah, okay. So quite a bit of you know peripheral fees and, and other consequences there. Um, let's step it up from there. So from Credit Counseling Canada, uh, if, if you're unsuccessful there, what, what would be the other route? Where, where else would one go? Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there, for me and what I do at, at my uh, company at Debt Care is we look at all available solutions. So one option always is, you know, are you a homeowner and is there equity and can we, you know, get you some financing, which will have the best result on fixing your credit quickly. Nobody ever likes to take money from their house to pay off their debt. It's funny. Um, I always tell people, you know, you're reluctant to increase your mortgage, even though you're getting the money cheap, you know, is under 3% sometimes, but you have no problem continuing to carry credit card debt at 20 to 30%. 
that yeah. from an, I'm a numbers guy, that makes no sense to me. Um, and I think what it is to be honest with is people don't associate credit card debt as being theirs. It's like, oh, my house is mine. I pay it off and I own it. But that credit card is stuff that's not really important. What they don't understand is if they don't pay their credit cards, they'll end up with a, a lien or a writ registered against their house at 20 to 30 percent plus fees and it's more or less the same as a mortgage but you know 10 times the interest rate so you know people are just you know disillusioned as to how it works so refinancing always a good option to look at whether or not you're a candidate for a bank consolidation loan you know is your credit good enough to go into the bank and say hey you know i need a loan for for 10 grand to pay off a bunch of credit cards um to me if you've got a good job and you've got a good credit score the bank could, would potentially entertain that. If you owed $30,000, didn't have a good job, I don't think the bank is going to give you a loan and all of a sudden pay off everybody else and they're going to be holding all the marbles if something goes wrong. So, you know, in my case, 99% of our clients never qualify for a bank loan. There are government programs like consumer proposals that will also allow you to pool together all of your credit cards, bank overdrafts, lines of credit, payday loans, and more importantly, allow you to include income taxes or GST, HST, uh, or corporate taxes. So if you have business troubles or any type of tax troubles from being self-employed, these are also unsecured debts that can go into this consumer proposal and help people uh, put everything to one payment and get a fresh start. And then the odd time, um, you know, these not-for-profit programs, uh, you know, uh, like uh, credit counseling, you know, is suitable. I don't recommend it all that often, to be honest, because, you know, in a scenario where someone has $10,000 worth of debt, okay, they're going to pay back eleven grand, and, you know, maybe it makes sense. But if they have $40,000 worth of debt or $30,000 worth of debt and they have to pay it all back in full plus a 10% fee, the consumer proposal can often reduce it down to 30 cents on the dollar. So if your credit is going to get a blemish on it and you have to rebuild in both programs, why wouldn't you cut your 30000 down to 9000 and pay $150 a month instead of paying back in full over the same time frame? Um, really doesn't make sense. And what I like to do is give people all their options and help them make the decision that fits for them. Yeah, no, I'm with you 100%. And that, that's what caught my eye in your blog there, uh, where your debt doesn't actually decrease um, with with the Credit Counseling Canada uh, path there, whereas you have the opportunity to significantly do so under the consumer proposal pathway. So um, it, it makes sense to me. Like what is well, oftentimes people ask me, Michael, what like what's the credit hit that you actually take when you commit to a uh, like a consumer proposal type of solution? So a consumer proposal, um, to be honest, anything outside of paying your debts on time and in full, according to the minimum payments or higher, has a negative effect on your credit rating. So you start missing payments two months behind, three months behind, you're an R2, an R3, you go into collections, or you make a settlement, you're an R5. So all of these you know, delinquencies or anything where you're not making the minimums or more are having a negative effect. You know, People don't even know that when you utilize your credit cards 
at a higher than 50% of your credit limit also has a negative effect. It shows that you're highly utilized. So you have a $10,000 credit card, you're carrying $9,000 of debt on the credit card. This is affecting you negatively. This is telling any potential lender who looks you up that you're 90% utilized. You always want to keep those credit cards under 50%. So, but a, a consumer proposal will, will stay on your credit for three years from the time you finish paying it off. So the maximum amount of time you can pay off a consumer proposal, like the longest term that it can be, is five years, 60 months. So it, it, if you take the full five years, uh, it would stay on your credit report for eight. But a consumer proposal is open because there's no interest there's no penalties for paying it off early. So if you get a second job, you inherit money, you sell your home, anything like that, you can pay your consumer proposal off in full at any time, in month two, in month 20, in month 40, in month 50. And as soon as you pay it off in full, it stays on your credit report for three more years and then your credit is clean and there's no sign of it ever again. So there's a real advantage to trying to pay it off as fast as you can because you're in charge of how fast you want to repair your credit in that case. And how about like, I mean, if you take it even a step further from there, okay. Um, basically people, uh, I'm talking like walking away from your debt period, not even committing to any consumer proposal plan. Uh, mm. and, and you head towards the personal bankruptcy route. How long does a personal bankruptcy stay on your credit? So it's seven years. So again, you know, a personal bankruptcy will stay on your credit report the first time you go bankrupt for seven years from the time you finish your bankruptcy. Some people's bankruptcy lasts nine months. Other people's bankruptcy lasts, you know, 21 months. And then it stays on your report for seven years. And, uh, you know, a second bankruptcy would stay on your report for 14 years after you, you get discharged from your bankruptcy. So that's a long period of time. A lot of times people get concerned concerned, um, you know, solely about their credit, whereas, you know, there's more underlying things. You know, people think if I do a bankruptcy or I do a consumer proposal, I'm going to lose my house. They don't. Or I'm going to lose my, my car that I need or my truck that I need to get to work. And you don't. You get to keep the car. You get to keep your house. You get to keep your RRSPs, your your savings, your, your kids' uh, like all your household belongings, basically 99.9% .9 of the cases, they keep everything. But finding the right program and rebuilding that, you know, people say, when does my credit get better? I said, they have a big factor in how fast that happens. You don't have to have a bankruptcy or a consumer proposal off of your record to get a mortgage. There are yeah. B banks out there that will give people a mortgage one day after their consumer proposal or their bankruptcy is over. Some of them are one year. But as long as you have a job, as long as you have um, you know, some credit rebuilding going on and you've saved your down payment, there are always banks and options out there. And so a lot of times people get confused about the credit you know, um, bureau as opposed to, does this mean I'm never gonna be able to buy a house? Right. It's not the case. You know, I always say to people, if you wanna buy a house, you gotta, Take care of your debt. You got to rebuild, but more importantly, also save money for your down payment. If you can't save money for the down payment, then how is not dealing with your debt going to get you any closer to, um, you know, buying that house? I always say to them, baby steps, you know, you got to walk before you run. Address the debt, save your deposit, rebuild the credit, and we'll help you get into a mortgage.
totally. And I, I look at, um, you know, if we look at, at a tier approach, you know, I, I think the path of least resistance or the, the most um, recommended way, okay, well, if, if you're in debt problem, your first step would probably be to, you know, inquire with your, your lender for a refinance. Um, secondly to that, I think the, the biggest issue, I think we will all agree that you have to be proactive and people think that maybe if they just let things be and let time do its thing on that 30 to $50,000 debt load that you have right now, mm. um, you won't know until you inquire for a mortgage three or four or five years from now, how badly your credit has been damaged. And, and that's why I'm, I'm urging people to get in touch either with your lender, myself, or with an organization like Michael's to, to talk about and to do a credit check and to have a professional go through that credit report with you and let you know. Because you nailed it on the head there, Michael. You said 50% of your approved credit limit. So if, if you have a credit card for $10,000 and you're running a balance over $5,000, your score is going down. Right. And never mind the half of the population that is running at 80 to 90 percent capacity. Right. The, the scores are going down. Yeah. And you're right about that. You know, sometimes people and it's again, it's sort of the nature of how you, you're, you're nervous about it. You don't want to deal with it. Then suddenly you're like, I want to get a house. I go talk to Marco and Marco says, well, your credit score isn't good. You saved a little bit of money, but there's all these collection items. And until you fix this or address this we're going to struggle getting you what you want or getting you a good rate. And then when they learn how much work is needed to get to where they want, they feel very you know, discouraged and disheartened over what's happened. So, you know, to me, you know, information and education is the key, you know, learn where you're at, learn what's going to take, set some goals and, and get there um, and avoiding it and hoping that one day suddenly it'll all vanish and disappear and you'll get everything that you want is, is, is foolish and short-sighted. So I have had clients where we've done assessments for them and then, uh, you know, there's no pressure from us. They go and they think about it. And then they come back three years later and say, you know, I thought I could manage this on my own, but I can't and I need your help. And we don't obviously we don't rub it in their face. But in, in certain cases, when we go back and we look at the notes, we think oh, they would have been finished their program already three years later and debt free. We would have been into the credit rebuild and getting them back on track. And they wanted to manage it on their own. And really, in the end of the day, they, they lost those three years that they can't get back because we need to start all over again as to where we were three years ago. Now, maybe in some cases, people actually do work out of it on their own. But I see in most cases, people aren't ready to sort of fix the problem. And then more time goes by and what motivates them. Another uh, you know, denied mortgage application or a garnishment at work, or they go to get a small loan and they're told no, and, you know, things just crumble on them. It's like a domino effect. And then they call us back and they say, hey, remember me? I had yeah. a guy call last week and he said, we spoke last year, I need help. And I look him up in the database and I said, well, no, actually it was two years ago. So sometimes they don't even remember how long ago it was that they spoke to us. They just are trying to keep it going. And, you know, in many cases, uh, they're just spinning their wheels. And I'll, I'll kind of summarize a point, uh, general rule of thumb that I use with my clients. Uh, for those listening, basically, if you are running above 70% capacity and you have a significant debt load, let's say uh, maybe over $20,000 debt load and you're running over 70% capacity. So basically, if you have a twenty or $10,000 credit card and your balance is over 
$7,000. That's what I mean by running at 70% capacity. So if you have high capacity and you've been late on payments more than one full cycle, several times throughout the course of the last two years, you might have um, some challenges on your credit report. So that is a sign that maybe you, you need to consolidate some of that debt and, and get in touch with a professional to give you a hand with that. So let's maybe leave it with this two-part question here, Michael. Um, number one, how can this be a bad thing? Uh, you know, approaching the consumer proposal or, or that type of solution. And number two, so how can that be a bad thing? What, what could be a negative outcome of that? Number two, in the opposite direction, what are this, uh, some of the positive outcomes? So basically, what's the best and worst case scenario of consumer proposals? Yeah, I mean, that's an, you know, that's an excellent um, question, Marco. And I'll tell you, you know, one of the things that sort of, in my mind, makes what we do here at DeckCare a little different is we're not recommending or really pushing anything. We're giving some free assessments to clients to sort of, let's do a snapshot of your budget and where you're at. And let's see what recommendations we can make. Sometimes we tell people, you know, you're, you're doing good. Keep chipping away at what you're doing and, 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 and just nail it on your own and, and nail it down. Um, but sometimes we say to people, no, it looks like you're spinning your wheels. We do a budget and show them that they're not getting anywhere and then show them how a consumer proposal or potentially a mortgage refinance will help them get out of debt. Um, so if they need it, then it's a huge, huge stress reliever. I mean, I just helped this week uh, a truck driver out in Nova Scotia who got reassessed by CRA and owed about $50,000 between GST and income taxes. And he's so stressed out that he's just busy working, but now his bank account's frozen and he doesn't know, you know how he's going to manage it. Um, based on his income and all of that, we were allowed to take the $50,000 of CRA debt, reduce it down to 36000 with no more interest. He can pay $600 a month uh, to get out of this debt and move forward with a plan that he can manage and get out of debt. So, you know, everyone is different. But again, it goes back for me to knowing what your options are and not having your head stuck in the sand. So if you need it, we're going to explain it to you as to how you're going to benefit from this, see the light at the end of the tunnel. If you don't need it, well, then you don't need it. You get a pat on the back, keep up the good work and chip away at this on your own. And, you know, it's always about what's best for the client. And, and again, we're selling solutions, not products. When you go to credit counseling, like what this blog is and what this podcast is about, they're selling one product, which is their not-for-profit credit counseling. You pay in full plus the fee, that's their option. If you go look for a mortgage, they're selling mortgages. If you come and talk to me to learn what's out there, you'll find out if a mortgage is the right way to go. You'll find out if, if... not-for-profit credit counseling is the right way to go, or you'll find out if going to the bank and asking for a loan, or if a consumer proposal seems like a suitable solution to get you where you want. So again, it's about education and information. Michael, we got to have you on the podcast more often, and uh, I'll make a note of doing that. Let's schedule a couple of calls after this episode, but where can people find you uh, to uh, talk directly with you and uh, find out more solutions? You can find us on our website at debtcare.ca. You can also call into us toll-free at one 890 
we're happy, you know, just come call in and ask for your first time caller. You can also take that toll free number and just text help. Um, just simply help into a text and that will capture your information and start some dialogue with us. And it's really as simple as texting help to one 888 And I'm happy to do some more podcasts with you, Marco. Lots of good information out there and always happy to try and educate and help the public. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being on this podcast and uh, let's connect again real soon. Thanks again. Appreciate it. That's all I got. If anyone has any questions or wanted to discuss any of today's episode in greater detail, feel free to reach out to me directly. My toll-free number is 1-855-437-5626, and that spells HFS Loan. So 1-855-HFS Loan. Or you can text me at 604-800-9593. Or just go to my website, marcogello.com. That's Marco with a K-G-E-L-O.com. And you'll find all my details there. I'm a duly licensed mortgage broker in Alberta and BC. So if you're listening and you're from these two provinces, I'm your guy. Also, if you are a mortgage broker and you are either not happy where you're at or you're simply looking for a change, give me a ring. We might be a good fit. We're always looking at growing our team and are interested and candidates of all experience levels. And finally, feel free to link up directly with our guest, Michael Goldenberg of Debt Care Canada at one 890 or visit his website at debtcare.ca. You can also find his full contact information within the episode description from whatever space you have sourced this podcast. I'm going to leave you with a tune I jammed out over the past week. And basically, it just needs some vocals. But I don't know. It's probably just going to end up another unfinished project. And I'm totally fine with that. So thanks again for tuning into Mortgage Genomics. Take care. Talk to you again soon.